Quiet, please. You're listening to Birdies and Bogies, hosted by Jordan Bloxham and Weston Mon, bringing you Golf's Week in Review, recapping your favorite tournaments with professional insight from their perspective. Now, quiet, please. Here's your hosts, Jordan and Weston. Weston. Jordan. What's going on? Oh, just living the dream, squeezing in some golf (laughs) and uh, making putters and, you know, just scrolling the Instagrams. Yeah, for sure. I definitely got the golf part in. Um, No making putters for me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, living the dream as well. Um, it's been a bit. <laughs> we took a little bit of a break. You were playing tournament golf, so yeah. right. So, but uh, it has been a little bit. But you know, good time to wrap things up with the uh, playoffs, quote unquote. Yes. Playoff. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> we're talking playoffs. Playoffs. Oh, uh, but yeah, playoffs are now done. Ryder Cup team is halfway or. The first six are locked in. They were locked in after the BMW last week. Uh-huh. So some tough stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. There's lots of juice. Lots of juice. So the last three tournaments, the ones that we didn't <laughs> cover until now, uh, Lucas Glover won the FedEx yeah. St. Jude yep. in in the sweltering heat, as his pants showed. <laughs> yep. Um, but, yeah. They go back to back, so he wins the last tournament of the year to get himself into the the playoffs, yeah. and then wins yeah, the again to get uh, himself into the tour championship. Totally, pretty much. Yeah, um, he... I don't know where he finished in the BMW. I don't think it was. I mean, we'll have to go and look at that because it would be it would be interesting to see, and we could we could do that really quick because it will be a talk of topic of discussion here coming up. So you have the FedEx St. Jude won by Lucas Glover. And then the last two tournaments of the year, Victor Hovland won the BMW uh, with a final round. I want to think it was a 61. Mm. Um, I'm going to pull that up right now. Cause I don't want to misquote it, but uh was good stuff. Yeah. Um, well, he definitely caught a streak. I think I think it's important to highlight a little story about Lucas Glover before we go into the Victor Hovland show. But um Glover historically did have some putting problems. Yes. Um, great ball striker, great guy, just trouble rolling the ball. And he may recently made a switch like five, six tournaments ago to the lab, the new lab putter that um more of a broom. I'll call it a broom. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a mini broom. It's a mini broom. Short broom. Mini broom. Yeah. It is one he has to secure at the top and then the lower right hand secures at the bottom and he, he sweeps it along. But um so just a quick have you guys have have you seen Ollie Snyder Jan's putt? No. You need to pull it up if you haven't. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he doesn't have his right hand on the putter at all. It's just really? on his left arm. 
What? Like, I was watching the Corn Fairy, and I had to rewind it, and I was like, he doesn't have his right hand on the putter. Interesting. <laughs> it was, it was wacky. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, was the stroke nice? It was fine, but I'm just like, like I messed around with it because I saw it and I was talking with somebody and I'm like, he has it like this. And I'm like, because he has the elongated putter. So the putter goes up kind of like an arm lock. But then he puts his hand, his right hand, just on his left forearm. So right above the putter grip. And just, I don't know. It was this. This is the strangest thing I've ever heard, but back to the lab. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. It was just, Oh yeah, no worries. Um, so yeah, for, for Lucas, this was, this is a pretty big deal. The switch helped him be like, Oh my gosh. He was like finishing somewhere in like the top 15 in the last five tournaments, like every time. Yeah. So really, it, was like, it wasn't like, even that it was like the top six. It was really good. What it, was, it was the top six and then he won twice yeah. in a row. And so he, it really just turned his game around, which I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's interesting. I think there's a whole podcast we could do just about that topic, but I think that, uh, you know, good for him. He's able to find something that is legally accepted by the PGA tour. <laughs> so, um, but uh, no, that, that was a big deal. And that carried well into the playoffs, helping him win the FedEx St. Jude. And then, um, yeah. Then on to Victor. <clears throat> yeah, Victor is just spinning. And he did shoot 61 in the final round. So he ended up beating Scotty Scheffler by two total. Um, Scotty Scheffler and Matt Fitzpatrick were both tied going into the final round. And Victor just goes on a heater. I think he shot 30. Or no, he shot. It was like 29 on the back. 20, 29, 28. 28 oh. on the back. <laughs> so seven birdies. All how's that for you? All threes except for one four. So it's a par 35. So he birdies every single par four, pars both par threes, and then birdies the lone par five. Wow. <laughs> so yeah. He went he went on a heater to win the the BMW. Um, yeah, just crazy good. Yeah, absolute, absolute stallion. And you know, we talked about him early on in the career. Like, could he get the monkey off his back? Could he win on U.S. soil? That was a conversation yeah. for a long time because he was just winning stuff in Mexico and abroad. <laughs> and like, I think now he's just in a position where he's consistently performing. I would even chalk him up as being the next player to win a major. Yeah, but, and he was close. Yeah. A couple yeah. of times this year. This, I mean, this, he, he put himself into contention. Um, and one thing that's helped him a lot is his, his short game has gotten markedly yeah. better, right? And when yeah. he was going through those things, he still was, I think, giddy, getting it dialed in. Yeah. It is now – dialed yeah it's it's really cool because here you have a player who was developing i'll say there's a big difference between believing you can do something and knowing you can do something and knowing 
is that you've done it before because he's now won on the biggest stage on the PGA Tour and against the strongest field on the PGA Tour. And yeah, he was just solid. That makes uh, him, yeah, three wins this year. uh Um, And all of them, I mean, so I think the big, big one, right, is he wins the Memorial all on U.S. soil this year. Way to go, <laughs> right? Because yeah. right? so, before he has the Puerto Rico Open, the Mayakova twice, yeah, and then then breaks out with yeah. the Memorial, the BMW, and then the Tour Championship. Big deal, big deal. So he's definitely had a fantastic year. Really turned around his capability and potential. And yeah, I see this guy as I see him winning like more than ten tournaments easy and a major yeah. maybe a two majors and like 15 tournaments like, he's always been a really good ball striker but his yeah. short game has been been lacking right yeah and i was uh, i was listening to i can't remember i think i was just watching the end of it but they were talking um that he started to work with eduardo eduardo molinari who does like the stats for a lot of guys stats mm. for like courses and stuff. And so he's worked with him a lot and I guess like actually started looking at the numbers. He victory himself said, I was just kind of young and dumb mm. <laughs> is basically what he's saying. He's like, so yeah. then I started paying attention and he's like, yeah, I really need to, if he's like, if I would tighten up this area, <clears throat> it's all gonna like dominoes are gonna gonna fall yeah and, and lo and behold starts working with joe mayo get his <clears throat> gets his short game dialed in and yeah goes off yeah and like that's kind of always been what it is people are like what's the secret sauce is it hitting 300 yard drives is it I mean, there's a lot of things that really do help. Yes. But the, I, the crazy stat I saw was on Zyre, and it was that Scheffler led in like every category of strokes gained with the exception of strokes gained putting. And so basically said he's the best ball striker on tour this year. And the Ryder Cup points, which we'll talk about, clearly demonstrate that because he had twice as many Ryder Cup points as second place. And... So here we have a guy who's just absolutely pure tee to green, but um, the putting, as we've known, has, has been a little shaky here and there, mm-hmm. and he only won twice this year. Being that leader in all of those categories, he only won twice. And so, like, it's it's short game, it's putting, it's chipping, it's putting all the time. Like, I don't care. You're You're going to miss some greens. You're going to hit some bad shots. You can't make bogeys. Yeah. So, and it's, yeah, it's, it's, it tells you how big that is, right? And the last half of the year, Scotty was bad with Buddy. And what didn't happen basically the last half of the year? I mean, starting kind of it, like right before Augusta that at the Masters, I guess it wasn't the last half of the year. It was, it was more than that. 
right? Where you started to see him visibly, visibly get frustrated with his putting. Yeah, yeah. And and he, he was making some switches. He was messing around with other putters from TaylorMade, and they even made him a custom one recently, and that was kind of unique. So there's just so much that he's experimenting with right now to try and find what it is he needs. And like his performance in the Tour Championship was evident of that. You take away the numbers that he had starting, and for the tournament over four days, he shot one under, which is like not good. Right? No. So if you were to rank him on that, uh, Scotty Scheffler, oh my gosh, he got like 21st place out of the tour championship. Yeah. That's, that's just nuts um but yeah let's go into the tour championship the the net the net club championship yeah the net i like club. to jo- <laughs> like to joke um the tour wants the tour champion to also be the fedex cup champion okay but i think they're doing it wrong Right. We had the we had Victor and Xander were the best. They ended up as the two best in this, right? Um at minus nineteen for the four rounds. So they would have went into a playoff and then who knows what would have happened. But I think it just it changes the dynamics of everything, right? You go from minus ten to even par, right? They at least don't start anybody over par. right but you're 10 shots back going into the week that's like a i mean it doesn't seem like a lot but 10 shots is a lot oh 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 my gosh huge huge with these the caliber of players here like it's i get it fedex cup champion is also tour champion I don't really care, to be honest, who the FedEx Cup champion is. It's stupid money. Like, yeah. well, it's, Victor won twenty one point six in yeah. his last two events. And, and I, frankly, I'm I I don't like that they say that because they don't deposit eighteen million no. into his bank account. It's an annuity. <laughs> it's an annuity. He's paid it out over so many years of whatever. After a certain period of time, it's like. It's a way to say he won a ton of money without giving him the money. It's yeah. it's it's ridiculous. So they start, oh, it's 19 million now. No, it's not. No, it's no. not. It's a duty. So I think that's dumb, personally. I think it's lame. And I think they're just both they've always done it, but it's always been just shady to say that. And they just want to do it even more because look how much our players won compared to live players. Uh, it's just you know that's the the, the value. yeah that's that's kind of the the value of it, um. But yeah, it's it would be interesting because you, your proposal, I think, oh. <laughs> it's it's easy. It's like the NFL, you you make it to the playoffs, and then you have to prove yourself every round until you get to the championship, and then you have to win the championship. Yeah. You're not guaranteed anything. You could be like a whatever eight and six team 
I don't even know if the number matches up right, but <laughs> get into the playoffs. It, it, it doesn't, but that's okay. Your point's being made. You're an over 500 <laughs> team, barely over 500, but you get yeah. into the playoffs because your division sucks. And then you just strike lightning and then you win the whole darn thing. And, and you beat the team that was 17 and no, like awesome. Like yeah. that's totally fine. I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. here, you, you, oh, we got to, Put in the FedEx Cup points, and that's a point race. No, I say the regular season gives you the points to get into the playoffs. And then once you get to the playoffs, every tournament you play gets you to where you need to go. And guess what? It would have have shaken some things up, right? So if, if, like, yours was you play so the top 70 get into the playoffs. Top 70 are in. And then the top 50 advance. Yep, the top 50 from that tournament advance. You have to play good for three tournaments to get into the tour championship or two tournaments. If you're in the top, if you make the cut, but you're not in the top 50, but you have extra FedEx cup points because you played so good in the year, then you get to move on to the next. They've, I mean, it was proved before. I mean, until they went to this latest one, at least there's no guys when they had it for playoff events. Like there was guys that would skip the first event. Yeah, I'm like, how do you skip a first playoff event? You can't just opt out. You just get a buy. Yeah, <laughs> and so you you have to be in the top 50 to advance, and then the next tournament you have to be in the top 30 to advance. So and it's your job to play good throughout, and then once you get to the tour championship, you just have to perform. So so of that, just because roughly, because you had like. 51 players like there was a tie at 49 for the in the one but if you look so if you do if we do it your way this is who wouldn't have made it to the bmw championship jason day yeah um sam burns yep and ricky fowler yep sep straka yep Tony Finau. Yep. Wyndham Clark would not have made it to the Crazy, tour championship. Yeah. So, and there would have been some others that didn't, that made it into the next one that wouldn't have made it in. There was a little bit bigger number. But then if you go like the BMW championship, so if you just go from there and then the top 30. So if you look yeah. outside that, you have this one's interesting. John Rom would have been outside. Yep. Which would have been an upset. Tony Finau again. Yep. Would have been gone. Jason Day again would have been gone. Nick Taylor and then Taylor Moore yep. would have been out. So that one wasn't as drastic. No. Of a move. But you could see, like, why is it that, and love the guy, Tony, why is he, he can be out of the top 50 and out of the top 30 in two tournaments and then be in the top 30 of the tour championship? Yeah. That doesn't make sense. And now, if you're going to call it a playoffs, yeah, if you're going to call it, but I get it. We, you have some very consistent players, typically big name players play well throughout the year. Yep. Because of that, they kind of get this little like silver platter. Hey, guess what? You got enough FedEx points. You could go into the tour championship. And yeah, it's one of the reasons, like, why is the NCAA tournament like such a, like phenomenon right it's because you got these these teams that qualify 
that then they have a chance. Yeah, right. It's a Cinderella story. It's I mean that's why the NCAA is so. We're talking about like the yeah. March Madness, right? Basketball. That's why it's so amazing. Oh my gosh, this team out of nowhere just beat North Carolina. This is changing everything. Like, like <laughs> that's what's so cool about it. Yeah, and, and the funny the so let's take this up another level. Let's take a page out of their book. Let's just do it. To the the top sixty four get in. Yeah, and you do match play. And Why not? That's how the NCAA does golf. Yeah, they do team match play events to get through to find out who the winner is, and and that would be crazy too. I I would I would say no match play. I would just do this: top sixty four, cut it in half; top thirty two, cut it in half; sweet sixteen, cut it in half. Elite eight, cut it in half. Final, like <laughs> that would be insane. You're like, who's gonna make it to the end? Who's gonna be in the t- top? And you're just yeah. like hinging on all these mini events as they finally conclude to the final two. And it's just like this shell, wonderful world of golf battle where they're just whoever has the lowest scores, not match play, just low score. Low scores. And I, don't know, I think match play would be awesome. Yeah, well, like I, it would, it would be. I mean. Because if so, how many rounds would that be? If you did 64, so you have yeah. 64, 32, 16, 8, 4, so that's six. Yeah. So it I, doesn't necessarily break out evenly, but I think it would be bold because you you could go lights out and shoot 65 and lose to the guy who went lights out and shot 64. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's just, but it's just it's the play, same thing. Right? It's match play. And the guy who shot seventy three just happened to get the guy who had a bad burrito and shot seventy five. <laughs> and then, yeah, that's, that, I don't like that, and that's why I'd say just the top sixty four, then the top thirty two advance, and then you just get the quality, most quality players consistently making it all the way up. And maybe when you get to the elite eight, then it's just that tournament decides who the champion. You don't need to do the final four or whatever. Yeah. But you just that to me would be way more exciting than hey, uh, Jason Day, I know you barely made the cut in the first champion or the first playoff, and then you barely made the cut in the second playoff. And uh, guess what? You did well earlier this year, so you're in the championship. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's some ways in it, it would make it more exciting, right? Because, yeah, like people are like, well, yeah, but. It was so hard to keep track of. I'm like, yeah, but you're giving guys just a huge lead going into that tour championship. Oh, totally. Totally. So, like, who really won the tour championship? We actually got what we wanted. Well, yeah, I mean, but yeah, and it has, I don't think it's, I don't know. It's not really because there would have been a playoff. Which yeah, would have been exciting. Right? Oh my gosh, so exciting. So the, the true winners of the Tour Championship were Victor Hovland, Xander Shoffley. They both shot 19 under over four rounds. Yeah. And to me, that was excellent and stellar golf. I love that the guy at first place, Victor Hovland, also was the guy who won the FedEx Cup because as it rightfully should be, right? Yeah. So, um, but there should have been a playoff, which would have been so darn exciting between Xander, who was super hot, and so was Victor. And and I think it was deserving for either of them 
to to accomplish that. Then third place was Wyndham Clark. Then fourth was Colin Morikawa. Fifth was Sam Burns. Sixth, Patrick Cantlay. So, I mean, that's your top six. They did not include some of these, you know, bigger names. Yeah. That supposedly were there. So, so in, I mean, if you went to a true playoff format, like you said, in, in the, the way, right, you're still getting those guys for the most part, right? You would have had yeah. Rom knocked out at some point, but it's like, Well, that's I mean, what happens in NCA, yeah. right? Sometimes those like hype teams get knocked out, but you're still going to have ten to fifteen of the of your top players, totally, in, right? Totally. Of your of your marquee guys that you want on in the tour championship on the final round. Yeah, I mean John Rom, he actually didn't play that well. He shot one under for four days at the tour championship. Yeah, and he played Scotty. <laughs> he was lapped by Victor Hovland and Xander, who both shot 19 under. 18 yeah. strokes difference. 18 shots. And um, that, that's just like some of these guys, like Jason Day got in because of his points, but he ended up shooting four over for the tournament. Like there were more hot players that would have made the tournament way more interesting from yeah. the BW. They could have come in than, you know, Jason Day shooting four over and Jordan speed shooting one over and uh brian Harmon shooting even like all these guys weren't even a threat they were just a, a yeah. spot filled so yeah and there's a there's definitely a better way to do it and still get what the tour wants which is the winner of the the tour championship is also the fedex cup yeah. right it's crazy <laughs> it's an it's an easy one that makes it exciting where you, you know, you got these guys like there's no chance that John Rom was missing, right? He wasn't going to end up outside like the top six. So he was going to maybe be three shots behind, I think is because what did he, you said? He ended up one under for the tournament. Yeah. So he was, he was four shots behind mm-hmm. going into it. So going into the the playoffs, he's like, I'm a lock for the tour championship. Yeah. <laughs> right. And there's a lot to play for because if you make it to the tour championship, you're and this is kind of where I can maybe see their reasoning because they want they don't want John Rom to have to to be outside of the tour championship and not automatically qualify for whatever. I think the only one that he wouldn't qualify for at that point, because he has so many other exemptions <laughs> into it, right. Would maybe, and it wouldn't even be the masters because he's won the masters. Mm-hmm. And then like, maybe, I don't know what it is, but, if you make the tour championship, you're exempt into all the majors the final year or the next year. So, I mean, there's that. And so they don't want to take a chance, I guess, of somebody not making tour championship and not being eligible for one of those majors, I guess. But most of those guys that have been playing that good all year usually have have some other exemption. 
into it, right? Yeah. Into those majors. But yeah, it could be so so much more exciting because then you're like you're playing for your you're you know you're not like you're playing for your spot you're not just like oh bad week who cares i'm back next week (laughs) i know i'm i know i'm into i could basically be non-existent in these two tournaments and right still make it yeah that to me is just but even if they do it the way they do it do it now right where it's like okay if they want to carry over the points right you're the top 50 in the points okay you get into this one now you're the top 30 in the points you're into this one the tour championship you're at zero and it's yeah winner take all totally at that point if you're really worried about well these these points they, they you know that's that's why they play good all year. I'm like, okay, that's why they play good all year to get to this final tournament. And yeah, I, I, I bet they crafted it the way they did so that somebody like Scotty Scheffler could get so many points, but still have to play tournaments. You know what I mean? Like he could have quit multiple tournaments before the the tour championship with as much FedEx points as he had earned. I wonder if there's, I don't know. I know they have to play in a certain amount to be eligible Yeah, for the tour championship, but the tour championship, it's like, okay, you've played this good all year. Your reward is the tour championship. Now you're, you've got basically your exemptions for next year. You're secure. You're in any tournament you want next year. But now let's start it at zero. It's a tournament. This is the tournament for the Tour Championship and the FedEx Cup. Right? Yeah. Because you got guys in the Tour Championship. Taylor Moore had zero chance. Ten shots back. Right? Like, yep. me, Leano Grillo. Zero chance, right? <laughs> He's nope. he started it even. So they did. Did they start somebody at one over? Uh, no, no. Taylor Moore was at one. It started the at one under. Sorry, Jordan Spieth started it even. Yeah, so even was the last spot. So, I mean, you got guys back there. Do you think Spieth was like, yeah, I'm going to make up 10 shots? I mean, he could have. He could have. I mean, Spieth, it, if, he, if Spieth shot 19 under, he would have gotten third. Yeah. I mean, he would have to play lights out golf. But, I mean, but that's... The thing is, it's not just it's not just the number, right? It's that you have to when you're at even par, you have to pass. There is 25 guys mm-hmm. in front of you at least. Right? It's not it's the number of players that probably aren't gonna shoot worse than you over four days. Yeah. Right? You had Xander go 
just bananas and shoot 19 under for the four days and oh. ends up five shots back of Victor Hovland, who was five shots ahead of it and two shots back of, of Scotty Scheffler to start. Yep. So within that, and I would like to see, and then we'd have to go back at this and I just thought about this right now, but it was like how many guys have been outside of that top four guys and won the tour championship since they've been doing it. It's only been like three years that they've been doing it this way. Right. So it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be a hard look, but I don't think it's been anybody outside of the top three or four guys. Yeah. So it's, I don't know, make it exciting. Give those guys that just, just snuck in in the top 30, right? Played good enough to obviously be one of the top 30 players on the tour for that year. Mm-hmm. Give them a chance. They're like, you know, we're starting it even. Everybody's equal playing field. Now go go win it. And you can win this $18 million annuity. And I think they I think they probably pay out the normal 3.6, which is an elevated event. They pay that out. And then the rest is paid out in the annuity. But there's better ways to do it for sure. Yeah. Well, it yeah, it is what it is. But anyways, um some pretty funny uh celebrations from Victor Hovland. <laughs> um he actually finally got his guac with his Chipotle. <laughs> yeah. So, the backstory well, is he talked about how tough it is and when you start out on tour and you don't have millions of the bank you know he would make conscious decisions like no i don't want to spend the extra dollar for guac at chipotle he's like that's when i knew i made it is when i didn't have to (laughs) when i could order guac at chipotle (laughs) and so that's what he was eating somebody got him chipotle and guac and he was eating it as he was like walking somewhere after the tournament which was kind of funny um and and another funny incident which i thought was great because i i totally see this as like a lost in translation moment he posed with the coca-cola machine great picture he's holding a bottle with his name on it but if you saw the video it was really funny because they're like oh victor this bottle it has your name on it he's like oh okay i don't think he even looked at it to see that it was his (laughs) name name. (laughs) and then he's like you you keep that. And he's like, oh, I only drink Coke Zero, and he <laughs> And so it's totally funny that like this was a part of like a memento and prize for him, and he didn't realize that that's exactly what yeah, it was. He, he just gave it away. It was yeah. so cool. But that's kind of Victor. Like you watch clips of Victor, and he's like, his dry. He's got a very dry humor, and it's pretty oh, funny. He so. still lives in Oklahoma. He's yeah. like, yeah. Like there's such a uniqueness to him and, and maybe that's just Europeans and I don't know Europeans that well, but for him, he's just, he's a hoot. I'd love to yeah. hang around. With him. For sure. Um, Local news. Cause we would like to put this in, but uh, Daniel Summerhays up in yeah. the K corn Ferry tour event in Boise with the T8 has been best finish in a while, which vaulted him up. So he's, I think he's pretty much assured to be in the playoffs now. 
um, for the Corn Ferry playoffs, which is huge for him and getting back on the tour um, or his attempt to get back on the tour there. Yep. And then local Ogdonian. I don't know if that's how you would. Ogdenite? Uh, I don't Ogdenite. Know. <laughs> uh, or Patrick Fishburn from Ogden, Utah was a T26. Um, he dropped, he was at 18. So in his last two weeks, he was at 15, dropped to 18, now dropped to 21 um, after there. But he'd have to do something. I mean, they've got one more tournament. If he makes a cut, he's basically guaranteed his card. Um, it'll still be hard for him to, I think, drop outside of the top 30 to get his tour card, um, even if he does miss, miss the cut. Um, but I'm sure that he doesn't want to take that chance <laughs> at this point. Um, but yeah, so he's he's looking to be the next Utah that's moving to the PGA Tour. Yeah, that's pretty exciting. Yeah, and he's he's worked his way up. He did it the traditional way. Wasn't he on the Canadian Tour? He did play on the Canadian Tour for a little bit. Yeah, and he, I think he won it, and then uh, he got. Or was he in the top two or something where you get exemption into the corn ferry? Yeah, where he got some kind of exemption into the corn ferry. And then his kind of last year, he was really close, really close 32 or something. He right was, near the I think he was, I think he was 31 and that he was oh. one spot out both times because they do the top 30 after the regular season gets their tour yeah. card. And then I think it's the top 25 in the playoffs yep. get their tour card. Um, when I think he was 31 and 26 is where he ended oh, up, yeah. up last year. And he actually had a pretty bland start to the year. Um, yeah. But has come on, had obviously the lost in the playoffs a few weeks ago, um, which vaulted him up the standings, but has had – you know, I did miss the cut here in, in Utah after that that playoff. Oh. Um, but has had a really good last couple months on the Corn Ferry Tour, which is um, putting him in position to, yep. to get his tour card, which is cool. Yeah. That is awesome. Yeah, it'll be good to see him out there as a, a more prominent figure. He's just, he's so good. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All those guys are good, but yes, he's, he's good. For for us, Utah folk. He was real good. (laughs) Uh, But now moving on Ryder Cup. Yeah. We had the three, six automatic qualifiers right after the BMW, which is Scotty Scheffler, Wyndham Clark, Brian Harmon, Patrick Cantley, Max Homa and Xander Shoffley. Yeah. And 29 points behind Xander, Brooks Kepka in the seventh position. Essentially, Xander played out of his mind at the tour championship. And well, no, because it was in the the BMW is where was it, it, it was the no cutoff. Awarded because it wasn't like a huge event. Um they always do it after the BMW. Oh, okay. Um that's that gives Zach the captain enough time to kind of put some things together and yeah and whatever they need to. <laughs> so yeah, so he he dropped out 
automatic qualifier. So the next six, which there's six captain's picks, um, you have Brooks Kepka at seven, Spieth at eight, Cameron Young at 10, Colin Morikow at 11, Keegan Bradley at 11, and Sam Burns at 12. And yeah. just outside of that 12, you the next three or the next four will go. You got Ricky Fowler, Denny McCarthy, Justin Thomas, and then Lucas Glover. So Lucas Glover has made a push. And this is where, like, the point system for the Ryder Cup is bonkers because Will Zalatoris is at 19. Yeah. Ahead of guys like Tony, which he hasn't had the great, greatest year, but he's at least been playing, right? You have Tony, yeah. he's ahead of Chris Kirk, Sahith Thagala, Adam Shank, Taylor Moore, who made the tour championship. So you got these guys that have been playing pretty good, right? Mm-hmm. And Zalatoris, who basically has played in like two tournaments in the last year. True, <laughs> <laughs> true. Who's at 19, still inside the top 20 in points. Um, so you spoke about this a little bit. Your picks. Oh, my picks. Your six picks are Brooks, Spieth, Morikawa, Egan Bradley, Ricky Fowler, and Lucas Glover. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like these guys, while they're not ranked in the sequential order of points, yeah. Aaron, feel like some of them have shown some glimpses of brilliance here in the final uh, few tournaments. And uh, I think they'd be great. Yeah. And like I said, so once you leave off in that, that's because that goes through 16, right? Your lowest player is 16th on the list at Lucas Glover. So yep. people, the players that you would pass over would be Cam Young, yep. which I have no problem with because he hasn't like really played good no. this year much at all. Mm-hmm. Um then you skip over Sam Burns, who's kind of the same way, hasn't had a, he, a he great barely, season. Yeah, he shot – I mean, he did play good in the Tour Championship. He shot 10 under. So, technically, he would have finished fifth place, tied for fourth. Tied for fourth. And so, probably, I mean, yeah. So, he – I mean, he obviously has had an okay year. He got into the top – Yeah. Into the Tour Championship. Um, Denny McCarthy, who, if he wasn't an automatic qualifier – or in the top eight, I don't think you could pick him just because there's no history there at all. And he's he's been playing good. He's been solid. But I don't think you could say that he's been lights out. And then Justin Thomas, who another one is he hasn't played good all year. He didn't make it to the playoffs. Yeah. So, and then, right. So I don't think you can pick him, even though I think he's going to get picked just because of of his past but i'm like he's not playing good right now he's not in a good like you're taking a guy that's not in a good mental state as far as his golf goes and hasn't played golf in tournament golf in three weeks yeah and is he gonna play there's no chance on this planet that he's playing the fortnet yeah the week right before right so it may do him good, but I think I actually like your Lucas Glover pick because he's 
rolling the ball really well. And he's been, it's not that he was just like hot for two tournaments, right? It's the last two months he's been playing really well. Like I said, maybe you swap in because his Burns played in. Burns is actually pretty solid. Like I, I went to go look at his year. I might even take Burns over. Maybe even like Keegan. Keegan. Yeah, he Burns has been really solid. Actually, like, I mean, he had a win at the Dell match play, but he's got a ton of like top twenty finishes. Yeah, but he just seems to have been around more. So maybe he just has been like good but not great this year <laughs> um besides in the in the match play yeah like i mean technically he he never had a a top five finish this year i mean yes he won the dell match play championship but that's i'm not going to count that right his best finish was sixth place but he did that a couple times he yeah. did it um yeah he did it at the phoenix he did sixth place at Valspar, and he did sixth place at the Charles Schwab Challenge. So I mean, he, he tons of top twenties, right? So yeah. Just super consistent. But um, I yeah, I might take him, but like because he, he's played in his his Burns played on a Ryder Cup. Was I he on the last Ryder Cup? But to me, like Keegan has the ability to like close the deal. To me, like he's super competitive. Yeah, I like that because of that. Annie has been playing really good this yeah. year. He's kind of had a had a resurgence. So I might and and I think I mean Lucas has played on a Ryder Cup team. Yeah. At one point. So I mean he's got that and he's just I mean, I think he's in the state of mind. I don't know. If but, I had one, like I said, I think I would pass over Cam Young. I'd take Brooks, Spieth. I think Morikawa has played good enough and in an alternate shot. I think he's great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, but he's one that I was, I've been like, man, he, he just had an off year and I just, I don't know. I'd have to look at his Ryder cup performances in the past and see where he's been. But I do like Keegan just because I think he does. I think he's got that. Attitude to him, right? Yeah, I mean, and and he played consistently enough this year. This even more consistent than than Sam Burns, and he got two wins, one at the Travelers and one at the Zozo. So yeah, uh, and that's like early in the season and late in the season, and uh, so he, he. I mean, consider this: one, two, three, four, five. He only missed five cuts out of almost 30 tournaments. Yeah. So, I mean, there's definitely something to be said. I think I would. And like I said, he's inside that top 12, which yeah. then you could say we're going off of that. <clears throat> like I said, it would be my last pick would be between Glover and, and Burns. Yeah. Right. But I think Glover would be a great guy to have. Like, and that's why they're saying Justin Thomas. So he'd be such a great guy to have in the clubhouse.
but he's also figured it out and he's starting to putt really well. I, I don't if know he's what he's in the clubhouse, then just make him like a, a co captain. Yeah. yeah. Right? Exactly. <laughs> if he's that great skill. We we need we need to beat the pants off of um Yeah. Absolutely need to wallop him. So yeah, fair enough. Because I mean, but, if you uh, you look in the, it's such a weird, like the Europeans is a weird one, right? Because if you actually look at their points <laughs> right now, they have McElroy Rom as automatic qualifiers, Terrell Hatton, Victor Hovland, which you're, I mean. And then who's so I think they only have four automatic qualifiers. And then they do two picks. I don't it's like it's like weird how they do it. But I think Tommy Fleetwood will be on there. Matt Fitzpatrick will be on there. Yeah. I mean Fleetwood <laughs> made it to the tour championship and he actually played pretty good. You know, I shot eight under over four rounds. Um yeah, Terrell Hatton got a qualification. Victor Hovland, clearly the best player on that entire team right now. Yeah. Uh, I, so, they're going to be a good team, I, at least in the top five players. Yeah. But you got to have the whole team. The right? whole team. So if you go to – because they have, like I said, with the European team, it's weird because they have European points and then world world points. And world points is obviously where they get their automatic qualifiers from, which was yeah. – McElroy, Rom, Hovland, and Hatton. And then yep. the next couple on that list are Fleetwood, who's playing pretty good right now, Fitzpatrick, who's <laughs> solid, Seb Straka, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Robert McIntyre, Adrian Moronk, Alex Noren, Seamus Powers. So it's and, like there, yeah. but we need, like, it's, and the Europeans, they just seem to have gelled. Because if you look at that, just going down the list, right? McElroy, Rom, Hovland, Hatton, F- Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, and then Seb Straka, who's been pretty solid, right? But then your next four are Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, who's played better Decent. this year, yeah, Robert Robert McIntyre, who primarily plays on the DP World Tour, yep. Adrian Moronk, same way, same. Alex Noren, Seamus Powers, Thomas Dietrich, like. So you don't have this like list of guys, right? If you look down our list, the U.S. list, and the European list, you're like, well, it should be a no-brainer. Yeah. Who who wins the the Ryder Cup? Oh, but totally. You need to have the guys, like I said, and you take a guy that's like a Lucas Glover who's playing really good right now. His confidence is at an all-time high. He's figured out his figuring out his putting right at the right time still a really solid ball striker. You have to stack that team because you need to you need to get this win. <laughs> yeah. I mean they they blitzed them last time out cuz didn't they they beat them pretty good last time out if I recall. History, let's see. Yeah. I just, I just want to see the last one. 
Just give me the last one, dang it. Like they put it in going from. Yeah, so we, yeah, we got them pretty good. 19 to 9. We need to do that again. <laughs> yeah, that was a butt kicking last year. Because in France, right, they took it to us. And yeah. we won the year before in, in Minnesota. They won one, two, I think three. Yeah, the three years before that. So, like say, we need to go get, regain our dominance and do it on their soil. Yeah. Because it's been and a while it, since we've done it on their, <laughs> their soil. Perspective, too. I, I feel like it's the U.S. team that got hurt the most from some of these players going to live while there aren't very many prominent European players like even playing well in the live league that could or should be on the European Ryder Cup team. This is true. This is true. Because, yeah, because if you have somebody like DJ, Bryson, <laughs> yeah. right? There's Well, Bryson and Brooks and, and DJ all would have been on the Ryder Cup team because they would have performed throughout the year no matter what. Yeah. And... And that hurts our team. And yeah, there's just not much depth on the European side that snuck over to live. I mean, maybe Louis Oosthuizen would have made the Ryder Cup team. I should have probably bet money on that. The guy just is so pure. But that's, I mean, that's kind of it, you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if, if Europe is going to do something special, it's going to be because of that, right? Because you normally would see Patrick Reed, Brooks Kepka, and uh, Bryson DeChambeau all in it. Right. Totally. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it would have been definitely a bigger hindrance. So, I don't know. It's... It'll be interesting to see what they do. Like I said, I think of the ones who did go to live, Brooks will be the only one that makes the team. Yep. Unfortunately. And some of that is is DJ just didn't play well enough in the majors when he had the chance. Same with DeChambeau. So, I mean, and a win goes a long way, obviously, because he got a win and a like a second and a third or something like that. Brooks did, or he had two top or three top fives, something like that. But I don't know. It'll be an interesting thing. I don't like said, I don't think Justin Thomas is in the right spot. He's trending the wrong way. (laughs) So, yeah, totally. So, well, we're going to see what Mr. Zach Johnson decides. Um, I'm sure there'll be some controversy there. Um, if he makes the right choice, Brooks will be on the team. If he makes the wrong choice, we know that that choice was dictated by somebody above him. Yes. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Um yeah. So 
Well, speaking I of think, live players, yeah, the, the what, most the one who started it all this week. <laughs> um, some guy who is a multimillionaire is stealing stuff. Tell me more, Jordan. <laughs> Tell you more. I just saw the thing and and like I watched just like a little clip of it, but basically. Phil went on his was it was it on his Instagram or I don't know I think it was on Instagram, Instagram. it might have been on Twitter but it doesn't matter <laughs> but he basically goes on and um talking about how he's been <laughs> stealing master science <laughs> science well, or signs from the masters yeah not there, master there's science. a little history there I mean if you watch it you know he basically started this this drill with pelts where he would hit certain short game shots from certain yardages and he couldn't do that at the regular range so he went to i think the east or the north or something the opposite range and he was practicing there and he could totally do that but then the next year he came out to do the same drill after he had won it last year and there was this new sign up that said this is for short game only and so it was probably directed specifically at him and what he was doing. And then he's like, well, crap, there's a sign here. <laughs> he went out and he stole the sign <laughs> so he could do it. I don't see no sign. Must be gone. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't anyways, know what you're talking about. It's not here anymore. <laughs> it's funny because at the end, he actually is holding the sign in the video <laughs> from <laughs> Augusta. Oh, So yeah. it's pretty funny. He probably won't ever get to do that now, but at the same time, it's like, hey, three-time Masters champ Phil Mickelson wants to hit from seventy-five yards. Let the man hit from seventy-five yards. But it's, it's yeah, and that's probably it. Was just a little jab, and yeah. it's kind of what, uh, unfortunately, right? It's kind of what his life is. And he's like, well, if I'm going to take a whole bunch of shots, I may as well, well throw some. Yeah. Take some as well. So he just did it as a dig, I'm sure, just a little joke. But Totes. still kind of kind of funny. Uh, and then I'll let you take over on the equipment side of it. Yeah. So, I mean, a few new things came out over the uh, the past few weeks. Something I maybe it's not that notable, but Titleist started printing lines on their golf balls. Um, to to me, this is just my personal opinion. I think it's great. I actually prefer a line on the ball, um, and I never draw a line on my ball because I don't have one of those stencils. I know they're like five bucks or whatever, and you can pick them up at any golf <laughs> store, but I don't find myself in golf stores looking for that. And I don't have many of those. And the ones I've had got broken because they're in my golf bag and whatever. So now that they're just printed on there, I'm like, great, sweet. And they come in like four different colors. So now I can pick my favorite color. Um, but yeah. I I have a routine in my putting to where I utilize a line on a ball to actually aim my starting point, right? And that's that's it. So um, it's something I use to to get myself square to where I need to put it. Um, so I like it. Um, some people have mixed feelings. They're like, why don't I just take a Sharpie and draw on it? I'm like, well, now you don't have to, bud. And it's a good line, not some squiggly line. 
because your sharpie tip got overly mushed and now you have this dull tip that doesn't create a soft like perfect line anyways <laughs> i'm ranting over first world problems right but i think it was great and so good for them yeah. and then uh taylor made released the mg4 wedges and i think they went in the right direction here historically the mg line had raw faces but the rest was chromed and right that kind of just seemed like extra work, to be honest, when you could just leave the whole darn thing raw. But it's really hard to sell, at least from a marketing perspective, wedges that look worn and used and old that are brand new in the PGA Tour Superstore, right? So that's kind of the, the tough one that they dealt with. So, But they decided to pull the trigger and make it all 100% raw this year, which I thought was awesome and fantastic. Um I would say like 98% of the PGA tour players play raw wedges. So there's a reason there, there is some performance that's involved in that. Um, so I think that was great. And I personally, I play an MG three wedge. I play the tiger woods, uh, 56 degree in the MG three. I think it's a great wedge. It's fantastic. So to have the all raw option, I thought it's great. It just it just does make sense, right? Rather than taking the time to to coat it and then to coat it and whatever they do to leave that raw, rather they coat it and then yeah, like laser etch that off so they can get the. It's just I don't know. So good move on their part. Raw wedges rock. I do. I think it's great. So I play raw wedges and they're fantastic. Yep, I do too. In my 56 and 60. So, um, but moving on, Victor Hovland, what's in the bag? Uh, Ping straight up owns this guy. No, just kidding. He has a couple of different ones. He does have a couple of different ones. But uh, he's got the slightly older Ping G425 Mm -hmm. LSD driver, which is one of your faves, right? The uh, it wasn't one of my faves actually. It wasn't. Oh no, I did not play the 410 or the 425. I went from the G400. I definitely I tried the 410 and the 425. Yeah, I kept the 400 in the bag until the 430. So it was not one of my favorites. (laughs) No, no, it was not. Um, but he used it. He's got his set to 8.4 degrees with the Fujikura Speeder 661 TRX. Um, then dropping to the three wood, he's got the TaylorMade Stealth Plus at 15 degrees. Then it's tweaked up to 16.5, so it's a four wood with the Fujikura Ventus Blue 7X. And he just goes irons all the way down. He's got a Titleist U505 three iron. And then he plays the ping I two ten four through pitching wedge, which he's been playing for a while. Yes, he's been playing the two tens for many years, many yeah. many years. Yeah. Um, and then shafts in that he's got KBS Tour V one twenty X four through pitching wedge, um, uh, and that's a good shaft. It's a good shaft. And then the wedges he is pinged out in wedges which I think is a bold move, but they also are great wedges. It's just the shaping. Yes, it's, it's, they, yeah, I don't like looking down at a pink wedge. No, I don't, I don't. And 
they 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 are statistically and historically some of the better performing wedges through like everything but it's just a look thing it's an aesthetic thing but he's got the ping glide 4.0s in 50 and 56 and then he's got the ping glide 2.0 in yeah. the 60 tour s grind or ts grind which is basically a t grind from from titleists to be honest but um yeah i mean good performing wedges it fits his eye mm. i mean if you played ping for a long time for some reason ping just always looks good to you i mean to be honest like anything looked good after the the ping isks or whatever <laughs> those were the um, isi or the is ISI. yeah yeah and then the oh yeah those things were just a train wreck of gooseneck and square bodied yeah but, they uh, they, there was a lot going on <laughs> But now they actually have a pretty pretty good looking line in comparison, and I say the blueprints which you gamed for a good good hot minute. Um, yeah, those- I, I still still have them. I'm not gaming them right now, and they're yeah. actually coming out with their new. That's so they went. I I had those. I gamed the eye blades for a while. I gamed the two tens for a while, um, which the two tens were not bad. The eye blades. We're good so they're actually coming out with something that is a forged kind of version of the eye blade yeah which they haven't released yet but yeah that one that one hey that set me finds its way into my bag <laughs> that could, that could uh, take the strictions out you could we actually, will see i'm gonna put money on it i'm a betting man and yeah. you're putting in those new blueprints yeah it, it, it might yeah and the, the- what are they, what are they? I can't remember what they. But it's not. They don't call them the blueprint. It's the something. Like the blueprint S. Is it the blueprint S? Is that what it is? Something like that. Yeah. Because I think we talked about it. I think you're yeah, you're right. Look, why did I even doubt? Da, who are you talking to? Yep, they are the blueprint S irons. They were revealed at the Wyndham Championship. They basically look like the I-210s from behind, but when you set them down, they look more like the blade. So it's just, it's giving you everything you wanted out of the I-210s, but it just in a cleaner, less offset package. It's actually That's how I explained it. Yes. Yes, that is correct. I'm actually just got them pulled up. So yes, they look... Very much like the 210 in a smaller package. Yep. And they're forged. So they'll give and you that feel. And I would I would do retro lofts on these and just square up those leading edges a little bit better. And oh man. I oh yeah. Pretty good. Yep, that's what it'll be coming. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty sure about it. Yep. And, but it's the same thing that I've done because I've retro lofted my my strips yeah. on right now so yeah so yeah. yeah good stuff there from ping i guess that was another piece that did get released at least on the tour um and then finishing out the bag this this guy's got the ping pld ds 72 prototype which is a mallet like a half moon with big flange line right down the middle and this thing is a rust bucket and it's beautiful it is beautiful. 
And especially um, with the, the way he's been rolling it, it's even better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> out of the top 10 players, he is the only one with the rust bucket. Nobody else has a rusty putter, which I think is awesome. So, yeah, oh, yeah good stuff. And then, like I said, I think the tour takes a week off and then it's the Fortinet up in your old neck of the woods. Yeah, I will Napa. be there. I you, will be there. That's right. You will be there. Yep. With uh, KBS, right? Are you? Yeah, KBS. So I have a little bit of backstory. Um, I basically, my one putters are being used on the PGA Tour. And um, and I got an invite to come out and be behind the ropes as an equipment, or at least part of the KBS team, to talk about my putters to the people who decide to put them on the putting green. So it'll be a cool experience for me to meet uh, a lot of the players out there. It's not a marquee event, but there will still be some people there um, and uh, some great players. And uh, yeah, maybe I'll get to see who get, who's rolling my, my, my flat sticks and, uh, and get to say hi, and maybe I'll get some orders and, and make some custom putters for make some players. For some tour guys. Yep. Or guys that are at least playing on that, in that tournament, right? It's not, but I mean, there's going to be some guys, like I said, I don't, we talked about this area. I don't think, even though he missed the playoffs, I don't think Justin Thomas is going to play in this event. Um, yeah. But I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. You'll probably you get some guys that have some status, like local guy Peter Quest is a possibility. You may get yeah. um maybe Zach Blair plays in it just to try to accumulate more points and solidify his um yeah status a little bit more and plus it's I mean- I, and I wouldn't be surprised to see Max Holma coming back because he, I think he's won it twice. Is that right? No, he's not going to. He won't play that two weeks before the Ryder Cup. No. Nope. Yeah. If he's on. <laughs> yeah. He, so, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, he won't. Um, but, yeah, he might get, get some guys like that that are trying to get their um, status kind of sealed up and and going for next year since it it officially does I don't know they how they did it right because it's it's still considered the 2022-2023 season but I think or I don't know whether it starts next year where they're just like this is the time for some guys to accumulate points it doesn't go towards the overall I can't remember how they exactly how they structure it Moving forward, there's been a lot of changes in this scheduling and, and things like that. So, but that'll be good. So, yeah, super exciting. Super. We'll to, super. Yeah, yeah, hey, we just do a, we'll have to do a Monday or Tuesday pod just so we can get some <laughs> some uh, updates. We might we, have to do it after after Tuesday, so you at least get two practice rounds in the books. Yep. Yeah. Tuesday. I I think, I think Mondays are like pro-am day. So I'll probably be out there anyways. I'm planning on it. And then Tuesday and Wednesday are kind of the practice round days. 
and that's when I'll definitely be out there. And then I might want be able to watch a couple guys tee off on Thursday. And then I got a bolt, but yeah, that will be pretty exciting. That'd be good. I think that's all for this one. Yeah, um, I don't. When do they? When are they announcing the the final picks? Is it is it going to be this week? I just search this. I don't know. Should be soon. Let's see. And well, I'm just looking it up. Soon. <laughs> it says soon. Yes. On Monday. So, yeah, there will be. I was like, well, maybe we'll take, but no, if the Ryder Cup's announced, we'll have to. So it says Monday, but there was no announcement this week. So it'll be next Monday. Yeah. So, so next Monday is when he'll announce all of his picks. So we'll have something to talk about and who knows what else will come out between now and then, right? We've kind of laid off some things. Good. Like, Jay Monahan made a statement, but I'm just like, I'm over that crap <laughs> at this point. I'm not going to give him the press. Yeah. Uh, so, other than that, I think we're done till next week and where we will be discussing whether we think Zach Johnson totally screwed the pooch. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. At least awesome. on one pick. I don't think it'll be, he won't totally blow it. Um, but who knows? <laughs> Maybe he'll just like take flyers. Well, if Maybe. there's one thing I've learned, anything is possible. Yes, that is <laughs> for sure. So, but until next time, everybody, thanks for listening. And we're out.